for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles. I am Ross Bolin here with my buddy Barrett Dudley to bring you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast packed with laughs. Barrett, how are you today? Uh, I'm okay. I just hang around the studio, mend broken machinery. What is this voice you are doing? I lift heavy objects. It's no work for a Panzer Bjorn. But they took away my podcast mic. Ah, you're the bear. <laughs> you're the bear from his dark materials. My soul is in this podcast microphone. <laughs> and when I podcast, they will listen. I just, uh, <laughs> it's hard for me to know from your impression if you're mocking the bear. <laughs> or if you, if you thought the bear was tight. I am drunk. <laughs> and not acting as a podcaster should. <laughs> Yeah, so we met the bear in his dark yeah, materials. Finally, yeah, yeah. that was tight. Uh, if you're not in, uh, if you're not through episode, what we're gonna discuss. By the through... way, if you don't think that five dollars is worth it to get video to see me actually doing that, impression being a right bear. There, no, you became a bear. I, became, I was a Panzerbjorn. I was yes, Yeret, Yeret Dudler versus son. That's my bear name. What's the other one's name? Loofer. They're both. They both. They all start with I O, which is pronounced with like a Y. So Eufer, Yorin, and Yorif, and Yorfer, Yorfin. Eufer is the Eufer? one she meets at the end. Yeah, yeah, she goes like that. Yeah, he's got like a slightly tighter helmet. He's yeah, he's got a king's pan- Panzerbjorn helmet, and that's uh, about he's, it. He's a king. I'm also, by the way, you know I about think... these Panzerbjorns? No, only from subtitles and what they're what they're talking about. It's a tight name for a bear. I mean, it's yeah, like a Panzerbjorn. tank. Yeah, is super is bear super tank. Tight. Yeah, but, basically um, what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think they just hired one. They hired one guy. That did a Transformers voice, and they were like, "Hey, you can you can just voice both bears. It's fine. It's fine." Yeah, I'll be real with you. When the bears started talking, <laughs> I was like, "They went gruff, very gruff." Oh, very gruff. Yes, yeah, this yeah. bear. Yeah, yes. Uh, but you know, you know, we met uh, we met old Yorin, and I just that that was too. I had that had to be my. Had to I didn't be my, see it coming. My, my intro bit. Today. Every day I come in here and I wonder what's he going to come with in this intro. <laughs> is there going to be a voice? I never know. And today it was a goddamn bear. Yeah. Yeah, that is something. Uh, well, oh, yeah. we have we have another fun show planned today. We're going to cover Watchmen season one, episode seven. We're going to discuss episode four of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. We are getting back into his dark materials up through episode four. So we're going to discuss kind of three and four, really just everything that we've seen so far, one through four. Um, as we just started to get pieces, I feel like in these last two, so that there's even a story for me to understand. And then uh, we're discussing episodes five and six of His Dark Materials the third week of this month, just FYI. If you're wondering, when do I need to be caught up with? Or if you haven't started His Dark Materials, when should you be caught up for the next discussion? We're going to discuss up through episode six, the third week uh, in December, our third episode of the month. Anyway, Two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. I believe. Indeed. Yeah. Um, But anyway, excited to get into... uh, Especially Watchmen today, because holy freaking shit. This episode of OCC is brought to you by Lisa. I always argue that your mattress is up there with your television in terms of important purchases that you make for your home. So you have to ask yourself, is is your mattress kind of shitty? Do you even remember where it came from? How long have you had it? Do you wake up every morning feeling like you've won the lottery because your mattress is so damn comfortable? I do on my hybrid from Lisa. 
Lisa knows how important rest is to a better life. Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you. And to Lisa, a bed is more than just a place to sleep. It's a place for relaxation and rest. All Lisa products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary you actually want to spend time in. I have their most advanced luxury hybrid mattress made with premium foams and springs for enhanced pressure relief with edge-to-edge support. Barrett has it as well. I've been sleeping on this bed for over three years. It's phenomenal. Thoughtfully designed with the best of both worlds. Uh, Lisa believes all people should have access to deep rest and relaxation, and as such, they make it easy for their customers to know they've made the right choice through their social impact initiatives tied to each purchase. Lisa donates one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. To date, they have donated more than 33,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Lisa mattresses are made in the USA. In-home delivery and setup is available. Financing is also available. Don't miss out. Clam fam, live healthier. Live happier by resting deeper. If you've been waiting all year to pull trig on a Lisa mattress, order today. Get 15% off any mattress for a limited time at lisa.com slash dragon. Use the promo code dragon. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon. Promo code dragon. Mr. Dudley, what do we have coming in the only other place that you can find any OCC uh, in the entire world? Patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles in the month of December. If you're wondering... Patreon is just a spectacular platform that affords us the ability to provide you more content, more OCC, but ad-free, premium, and exclusively on uh, on Patreon there for you. Just another way for us to do our show. Sure, so. sure. Well, let me tell you about the most exciting episode, I, th- I think, that uh, that will really tickle the fancy of, gonna turn heads. of most of our listeners out there. Get tickled. See, here's the thing. You thought, you thought that uh, Oysters, Claims, and Cockles that was, someone being tickled. was... Uh, <laughs> was finished with Game of Thrones. I never thought that, but some people did. But we're not. That's why this week we're doing a 2019 finale episode, all things Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's going to be glorious. It's just going to be 60 minutes of all of the latest news, updates, Hot takes. How we feel. How we feel. Removed from the season. How many I months now? I, I don't, I, we, maybe we should even throw like a top five something in there. I don't know what. Oh but, man, some but, kind uh, of list though. But some type of, some type of list. I don't know. Gotta get there's, a hot list. There is some news that has just recently come out, came, has just recently come out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not saying a lick of it today. Okay. Yeah. I don't all, even know it's, it. It's all going to be on, uh, on this week's Patreon episode. How many months has it been if, since the season ended? Several. Like, uh. That was this year though. At least, he's doing like three months, four fingers. months. Okay, five months feels like an eternity. It does. It really does. Gee, like, like feels I, like it was like yeah. I yeah. feel like finally enough time has passed to where like my emotions are sort of uh, sort of settled, and I can I can almost maybe start to consider well and what I mean, it might I'll, be like to rewatch that season one day. Just consider how I mean for for so long there we were j- only focused on the one show and oh, now I, we have just like crammed in the content. Oh yeah. So we are like, you know, just squeezing in full just seasons upon seasons of Game of Thrones into one month time periods essentially. Hot content. Uh, oh, yeah. I just remember content? some of the news, some of the Game of Thrones. No, I can't, you can't I won't say, say it. it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm just saying I remember I remembered some, some that I want to discuss. You, you are going to have to go give us your five doll hairs if you would like I, to hear I already the Game of have. talk. I'm, so. I already have. I'm signed up on patreon.com slash oysters clams. Yeah, I'm actually Cockles. a member of the Mollusk Militia. Wow. That's $10. Yeah. Big baller. Oh, yeah. Yeah, love that. Um, I like we're to, also uh, doing uh, Knives I like to, Out. I like to spend, spend cheese. I like to spend cheddar. <laughs> cheddar? We're doing Knives Out for our movie club in Shink. December. It's going to be a fun one. People are excited about That's me it. Taking my knife out. Families are going to see it together. Friends and families are gathering. Yeah, in the movie yeah, theaters. Yeah, 
across Every, the nation. Everybody's going to the theater. It's getting good reviews. Daniel Craig is about to have himself a few months span here, Barrett. Yeah? What else What, what else he got? What are you serious? What do you got? Other James Bond trailers out and shit. Oh, is it? Plastering pictures of him in this fucking dope outfit all over the goddamn internet today. Trailer. Wow. Oh man, he's got like a. He's got like. Wow. He's got his jacket off in this Mm -hmm, one. mm -hmm, In the mm -hmm. photo for the movie, it's like you know usually full tux, you know. But no, jacket's off for this one, Barrett. And he's got the fucking gun thing like on his side there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, He's looking like he's been working out. I love a good shoulder holster. This isn't even shoulder. This is like rib cage. It's like real hot. Okay. Yeah. Next level shit. Like 2025. Um, yeah, obviously we're gonna have a hotline call episode. Get your hotline calls in you for the can start, militia. You can start only. doing that right now. Mollusk militia exclusive hotline if you've call. Ever, if you've ever thought to yourself, man, you know, I would call, but it's just like it's probably like I probably can't even get my voicemail on there I'm because it, because you know it's there there there's just too, too many. many of them and they won't hear it. We're we're gonna hear it. Needle in a haystack. Yeah, if you call in, chances are your hot your hotline call. It'll it, go in my ear. It's yeah. It's at least at the very least, it's getting listened to. You're gonna penetrate my ear hole with your voice. There are straps on these pants that I cannot explain. <laughs> Sorry, if you were wondering what I was doing on the on the video, I was attempting to figure out what, what was underneath my ass. Well, it's like Jay Z said, black strap. You know what that's for. You do know what that's for, Barrett. Patreon.com/slash <laughs> oysters, clams, cockles. Can oh, we... but that doesn't even that doesn't even round it out. Oh God, please round it out. Do you do you want to know? Do I do. Want, do you want me to round it out? I've always wanted to be well-rounded, yes, as a person. Final Patreon episode of the year. That is where you can hear us oh, talk year? our top five oh movies and our top five films that we watched and saw. Dead or alive. This year. Oh, this two, year. 2019. Tight. Looking forward to that because I've seen about... I think I've watched more movies One in this calendar year. and TV shows. Seriously, I've watched more movies in this calendar year than I think I've watched in any other year of my life. Wow. As a result of the four streaming services I have, all the on-demand shit, going to the theater for movie club every month. Can I give you? Can I? I, I just, I just want to tease that episode of the of the uh, of the Patreon real quick. Can I do that? Yeah, can tease, I do that? Tease I'm gonna it. give you. I'm gonna give you my number three movie. I already have it penciled in. Okay. It's the 2006 sleeper hit, starring <laughs> Penelope Cruz and Salma Hayek, Benditas. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> Two episodes in a row, you've managed to you sneaking in the Banditas plugs yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was uh, remind me that was one of the DVDs you bought that you never opened, That's, right? Yeah, uh-huh. incredible, incredible. You ready to talk about Watchmen? Let's talk Watchmen. Watchmen season one, episode seven. Um, this is uh, an episode that caused the hype meter to raise yet another level this week. It, it, I mean, seriously, it has been every week they have built, and this week people have started to throw the word great around in my DMs mm. and started to want to compare it to things. And I'm starting to get too excited and start to agree with those people. And I have to pump the brakes on myself because we got to bring this puppy home before we can start freaking out about how good it is. Although I am sort of freaking out about how good it is at this point. Can we just start at the end and work our way toward what yeah, all happened I, I in this mean, episode? I mean, I think we should just start with uh, with Mike Mike's prediction coming Hand true. Out. Yeah. It was right. Mike somehow predicted theory. that Dr. Manhattan was going to be Cal. Uh, and and you laughed at me and you pointed at me. We mocked <laughs> my, you. My mother said, they're all going to laugh at you. Yeah, behind closed <laughs> doors, right. we called you names, Mike. I know. But you were right. And people on, on the Twitter machine acknowledged that as well. Uh, in fact, I had one person tell me, your producer spoiled the twist of Watchmen for me. And I was like, that's not how predictions work. No. Uh, but it was funny. 
Yeah, Cal it is uh, is well Dr. Manhattan was in Cal's brain. Well, no, Cal is Dr. Manhattan. But is okay, so what is that thing then that we pulled out of him? The little circle. Like I mean, the circle inside the circle right, right. that was also then the O in the HBO logo at the end of this I thing. I mean, there has to be some kind of essence of Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, he can yeah. The, the thing about Dr. Manhattan and also we can just kind of spin this off into a, a, a major question for the last two episodes, but he can essentially just do, one? do what he wants with matter, with being. Yes. Right. You know, he can Godish. He, he can yeah, he can Godlike. Collapse all of his particles Esk. and then put them all back together again in any right. way, shape, or form, essentially. Okay. So I think that that little ring, the little molecule, the atom, the hydrogen—it's a hydrogen atom, right? Hydrogen. Uh, I, that was just what he had like formed his consciousness Bloop. as. Stuck it in there. And was yeah. Like, okay, but here's the question: uh, When you say Cal was Doctor Manhattan, did Cal carry any Doctor Manhattan other than like the general? well-shaped Dr. Manhattan shape and head and shit. I mean, because... And that's a that's a question that I don't think we have the answer to. Okay, because like, whenever was, they show like, Cal walking was from Cal like, like behind, a host? it was like, okay, I see kind of the Dr. Manhattan-y... He's got Dr. Manhattan-y vibes. The, the, <laughs> like, clue, the clues were there for a long time. Like, I think it was episode two or three in which uh, Cal's just dish, dispassionately talking to his daughter about, oh, there is no God, there is no heaven, there is no afterlife. Right. And he was always... Every character, even the the son that they have um, with the long hair, yeah, even he has like a compelling backstory that kind of fuels everything he does. And Cal really never did, but we know that he's quiet and he's solid, and he's always just in the background reading books. It was like too inconspicuous for you. Always wearing blue. Ah, uh. uh, Laurie Blake, who had a passionate. Um, Affair with Doctor Manhattan for decades. Right. Thought kept saying that while Cal's hot. Yeah, she kept making remarks about his sexuality. Yeah, mm. it was all there. Yeah, that's funny, man. It, I mean, the thing. It, okay, so that question though, was Cal Doctor Manhattan I, or was he a host for Doctor Manhattan's little my guess hydrogen is that, atom? Is that Doctor Manhattan created that vessel? Yeah, Doctor Manhattan doesn't need a host. Right. Yeah. So Cal was. Uh, the thing that's crazy, okay, so then Angela Abar, at what point did she, at what point did she become aware of what, of Cal? The whole time. She's known always. That, that is hard for me to wrap my head around. Because in the trailer for next week, we see that she is sitting down with Dr. Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Okay. She meets Dr. Manhattan somehow, likely in Vietnam. Now. And they fall in love and, and right. get together. Now, is that something that we believe she's been aware of for the first six episodes or that she became aware of as a result of the nostalgia trip? No, or... we, she's always known. So yeah. she's been making every decision that she's her made is Dr. Manhattan. thus far on the show, knowing mm -hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And now you have to go rethink everything you've seen with that context. <laughs> that's one of the tough yeah, things about it, it is like... contextualizes everything. Uh, it makes this so rewatchable too. I Not feel like, that it already wasn't. I feel like I need to go rewatch the first six mm -hmm. and then seven again leading into next week mm -hmm. to have a full understanding of now what I've seen as yeah. a result of that twist at the end. Yeah. Because that was some mind-blowing shit. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is, it, uh, even though... Dr. Manhattan and Cal are one and the same. They they could clearly like instituted some type of hibernation, some parameters or something where Cal was like programmed to be somewhat normal. 
and he didn't know and unaware. Yeah, Dr. because Manhattan. like at the end there, she has to hit him and crush his skull. Oh yeah, to like pull Doctor Manhattan the, back out, get the thing out. No, he had no fucking clue what was going on. Yeah, when she was like started talking, and then neither did I, and then I felt like she hit me in the head with it. <laughs> well, what did she have? An axe or a <clears throat> something? A hammer. A hammer. A hammer. Uh, it always rem- whenever somebody gets hit in the head with a hammer, it reminds me of that Beatles song, now, Maxwell's Silver Hammer. <laughs> so my the the big question and some confusion that I have going forward here is like we know all this about Manhattan or about Doctor Manhattan. We know that he is this omnipresent god being in the comic books. There's like when he's on Mars, there's like all sorts of little like. You know, illustrations of him just like building random shit out of molecules and elements. Right. So in the, in the movie, on, the only how context on I have would there be even be a way to capture this guy? Yeah. Like anything that you did to him, anything that you put him in, anything that you closed him in, like he could just reform into whatever he wanted it to be. Like there is no way to to lock well, hence, to lock this person down. Hence Keen's um machine where he's trying to become the next Dr. Manhattan and somehow maybe siphon the power from Dr. Manhattan that can he's basically building a replica of the chamber that created Dr. Manhattan. Right. And that's the if you're going to hurt Dr. Manhattan, that's the only way to do it. Kind of reverse engineer that origin. So get him in there. It makes sense. But at the end of the of the novel of the comic. Vate Vite explodes him. He he obliterates Doctor Manhattan, and he just forms all his particles back together. Right, he's like, "That's the first thing I learned how to do was put all my pieces back together." He's like, "Good effort." Yeah. So 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 you're seeing an issue with Doctor Manhattan not being challengeable. I I don't know how you would how you could theoretically capture the uncaptured. Mike, how does that how does that weigh into this whole thing for you? I I think that's why he's been a sleeper agent the whole time because if you bring him in. And once he chooses a side, the show's over, you know, Yeah, the show's over. So that's why he's been a sleeping agent this whole time, because you need those dramatic stakes without Superman. He can just fly in and save the day. That's what we call OP in the gaming community. Yeah. Overpowered. Exactly. Overpowered. Yeah. Yeah. I And that's what makes um, my anticipation for the next few episodes so high. Is that how, how are they going to how are they going to introduce this all powerful godlike being and still have really high dramatic stakes? What started as a seemingly simple story about Angela Abar in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. maybe not simple, but the, the, you know, the gist of it was simple for at least a couple episodes there, yeah, yeah. has now, with all the information we have, become a crazy deep story. And yeah. they have brought in like this universe has grown by leaps and bounds every week. Right. And, and it, we're now to the point where... You know, the, the, this is always the most difficult part, and the show was really, really good because this journey has been so fun, because it's been like such this this slow creep of the world building. And now we're here, and now the questions are, are being thrown out, and now we're like starting to, to, to get the major plot points. Right. And it will certainly be interesting to see how they try to tie it all together and, and, and make... Yes, they make, have set it up. Make it cohesive, because, because the... Just like just like a lot of the shows that we talk about, the journey is is always the most fun part. It's the easy part. 
mm-hmm. so to speak. Even not to say that what Lindelof has done with Watchmen is easy. It's been incredible. No, television. this dude is. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's high level shit. I don't think I think you could easily make the argument that he's the best television sure. maker right now. But you know, but you know what I mean. It's it's like there are guys like Lindelof or George Martin or you know I, nobody who, wants to say Benioff and Weiss <laughs> who, whoever else that are really really good at like setting the table right they can sure. build out these worlds yeah like crazy yeah JK Rowling is another one yeah, yeah. but then it's then it's closing it all down that's, that's which really is where difficult. we saw Game of Thrones really struggle um and and I'll say that just to make a comparison I think Watchmen has had so much success where his dark materials has struggled a bit. Setting the stage has felt like a fucking chore on his dark materials. Whereas on Watchmen, every episode, I'm like, holy shit, what the hell? This isn't, this town is insane. Yeah, I mean, they're not even playing in the same league, though. Yeah, like. I know that. <laughs> I know. It's, and, that, and that's the point I'm trying to make. It's, it's a whole nother level. This yeah. is like, this is, this is the best of the best on TV right now at this point and if they can just steer that fucking giant plane onto the runway from these la- what do we have two more two more god damn it and i'm not really eight and nine and that's it yeah and I, I will say this i'm not really i am not worried about getting every single answer because i know it's not going well i know it's not going to and, yeah. I, and that's okay because i think what this episode really drove home probably more than any of the others is that like this entire thing, I, I think that if you have to boil Watchmen down to one main theme, it's trauma. Mm-hmm. And and this episode like really made that clear. Trauma. And so it's I I think really it's I I think as long as they kind of like, you know, kind of give their thesis statement about how trauma affects people, then it will have been a success. Then it makes as long as the message is complete. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Uh, for me, it's the anxiety, like you mentioned. You know, you know, we're not going to get the answer to all the questions. Mm-hmm. It's the anxiety of which questions will we get the answers yeah. to that I'm like, ah. <laughs> um, I got a question. Speaking of questions, right now, Mike yeah. and Barrett, what was the deal with? Uh, so Angela finally kicks in the door to see her pop, her grandfather, rather. Sorry. Um, by the way, the story of her parents dying was uh, brutal and tragic, and the way they have done Vietnam and this backstory from Vietnam. Is, is so fucking cool. And we're mm-hmm. obviously going to get more of that to see how the hell she met Dr. Manhattan and how this all unfolded to, be, to get... They're going to have... Because that's the cool thing. You can already see where they're going to be able to plug the gaps. Like, there's so much we don't know about this Dr. Manhattan situation now. Well, they've already got the vehicle in place to show us what how this came to be. Um, anyway, she kicks in the door to go see her dad, grandfather, and there's an elephant yes. in the room that she's been... This cord that has been feeding her, trying to re- help her rehab from overdosing on nostalgia and get her memories and her mind back in order and in place, it is hooked up to an elephant. And it also appears that there's two cords that like, it's split. Like, where's the other one going? I was just very confused by that whole situation. I expected to see your grandfather, and then there was an elephant. And I believe it had, uh, it had tusks. It did. As elephants do. Yeah. We'll talk about a metaphor. First an elephant never forgets. An ele- well, there's an there was a, literally an elephant in the room. Oh, that's the one you came with. I brought an but, elephant never forgets. But also, an elephant never forgets. Elephants are known for their memory, strong thing. sense of memory, yeah, and it was, was a yeah. yeah. So yeah, so, uh, so the elephant can take it if it's if the idea is to get the 
memories out of Angela that don't belong there, you got to dump them somewhere. Oh, the elephant shit. can take it. Also, Lady Trio or Lady True is wow. her name is based on um, a kind of mythical or historical figure. Um, also, I believe named Lady True, who was kind of a Joan of Arc of the of Asia, and her, I believe I'm probably getting this wrong, but it was something about elephants. Either elephants were her warrior sigil, or she rode elephants. So if you look at both Lady, are tight. Yeah, if you look at Lady True's, um, I guess living quarters, she has like little teacups where the the loop. Um, it's an elephant tusk. Mm. She has elephant pictures around. So she's an elephants. Ah, okay, that's cool. I didn't. I didn't even think of the. They're dumping her, all her toxic ass memories from her grandfather into, into this the elephant. freaking yeah. elephant. Interesting. So then the other plug probably. I don't know. I, I'm not sure the other plug was important. Doesn't matter. I think it was just was like going into the other well, mainframe of she, stuff. But she's yeah. also using nostalgia to treat her mother, who we thought was her daughter. Who knows who else yeah, she's got hooked that, up that back there? That was another con- confirmation slash right. reveal is uh-huh. that Vion is her mom. Yeah. Yes. Uh, PETA can't be happy with this elephant thing <laughs> because that just seems like that's not the life for an elephant. You know? so, I, so I got a question for you guys. Okay. In the exposition there between Lady True and Angela about, you know, let's cut the bullshit. Let's, let's just say what we all, what we both know here. One side being like, I know who Cal is, and the other being like, what is the Millennium Clock and what are you actually doing here? We get the kind of the explanation about um, the 7th Cavalry wanting to capture Dr. Manhattan and become him, essentially, and then like champion white supremacy. That's like the big, that's the big bad. So it positions Lady True there in a positive light like she is quote saving fucking humanity Mm -hmm. do you think that lady true is benevolent or not mike you first um i'll copy your answer maybe she might see herself as benevolent benevolent but i think she has a little too much of adrian veit in her yeah man she's got that cockiness she's got that superiority smarter than everybody else she's got that superiority complex where if she thinks saving the world means killing half the population of the world she's gonna do it exactly it's scary the 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 statue of veit in her biodome there (laughs) should be really scary i think because she clearly is like you know is okay okay idolizing somebody that murdered three million people because she believes he did it for the right reasons, to, right? To 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 save fucking humanity. So why would she not do the so, exact so, same thing? So why would she not do the exact same thing? Yeah, plus this... we we still have the whole mesmerizing bit, and I I, I think plus there's that we see that speech that she's giving in the video mm-hmm. where she talks about how the the failure of nostalgia was that people held on to their trauma; mm-hmm. they just wanted to dwell in relive it, relive the and worst relive moments it. of their lives, and so it and and that's what she sees as like a wrongdoing of of like citizens in general and so it feels like she's essentially what it that gave me the feeling of what she's going for there is like basically forced forgetting you know she wants everybody to take take a forget me not right? wow okay right. that's an interesting concept you know and and that this don't you need your memories man to know you do who and you I, are but and i become right and i think she wants everybody to like basically lose their trauma she's it's like and she's gonna and, and she's gonna force that through some mesmerizing 
Yes, it will technique. be interesting to see how they frame up whatever it is she's doing is clearly going to be questionably yes. immoral. Yeah. And uh, and that superiority complex that she <laughs> shares is very problematic. And when they that was a cool effect, man. They zoomed out from Ozymandias' actual face mm-hmm. of horror to the statue which is him with the same exact face like right it's not him smiling like we did it with a thumbs up it's like he's like has that look of like uh torture almost on his face it's yeah so strange. I, I, I had to i had to read this um this this little tidbit here so the, not original not not i'm not smart enough to catch this uh, on look my at own. you big reader but uh <laughs> so what i've gathered is that every time we check in on Ozymandias, mm-hmm. another year has gone by. Yeah. Seems yeah. like a lot of time is passing here. So I called we, that too. You we, did call that, Mike. You, you did with the no. cake thing because of the cakes. Did we <laughs> say right, no? Right, yeah. right. The, the, the cakes are the first indication right. that we see the one and the two, and then I think he tosses the three or something like that. And there was some reference that this trial has been going on for over a year. And then there yes. was this one, which is this was that we come back on the 365th day of the trial. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. this is year four. And then he's apparently been gone, and I, I don't even remember if this like bit of information is in the show or if it's in Pedipedia or what, but he has been like in exile or wherever he is since the 2012. The fuck is Pedipedia, dude? Pedipedia. That's like the extra stuff that HBO is putting out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pedipedia. Okay, okay. Um, it's like, what, dude? And uh, What are you talking about? So, so if he's been in exile for uh, since 2012, and that's four years, then- we're almost caught up with him to like the current timeline. Like I think they're showing us the last yeah, seven right. years essentially in in these little installments. And so eventually he's going to be caught up with And he'll become with, part of the with, story. With, yeah, I, that yeah I you have to imagine. So. It'll be cool to see. So they're bringing together what was – when you go into watching Watchmen, you expect to know of a group. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Watchmen basically. Sure. Or what – you know. The, the, the group that spawned from that original group. And we didn't have that uh, when we start. Well, we had a couple of them, right? We have the cop. We have Angela Abar as the cop who's like masked up, but it's for a different reason. And the whole story sort of just unfolded in a way different than I expected. But now it's sort of all coming back together where you can sort of see the team mm-hmm. that's going to be assembled here or that was assembled already that we didn't really realize was assembled or whatever. It's like yeah. Lady True... Angela, Dr. Manhattan, Ozymandias, like, it it, it would make sense if in the end all of these people were aware of each other and their Mm -hmm. circumstances, right? Would that shock you? No. No. And you mentioned all those characters. We might even see a return of the comedian. Oh, wow. Is that being predicted? If the theory that um, Grant on Who Pots a Watchman told me about, and I mentioned here a few weeks ago, if the theory that... Lady True is the baby of the woman the comedian murdered in Vietnam. Right. And she reconstituted her mother through a clone, which is now her daughter. And then she said- right, because she does mention her dad. And she said, my dad's coming too. He's just not here yet. That could be the comedian. Oh, man. Yeah, there's just a lot they can do with this show now. Yeah, and the the, the theory of her being the daughter of the woman- That the comedian murdered in Vietnam. Yeah, that the, you, we, you talked about that yes. early on as well. Yes. Again, shouts to Who Pods the Watchmen. Uh, permanent record here that produces our show also produces Who Pods the Watchmen, hosted Grant, by Grant. Grant and Mike and these guys that do Who Pods the Watchmen, they are essential. I, they are the Redditors that post all of the the 
the uh, the crackpot theories that end up becoming true. They except, the we do, <laughs> except we do podcasts. We don't do Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. They don't uh, type on the keyboard. They speak it. But yeah. I have so, spoken. So what what is the... Do we know that the comedian impregnated that woman as well? Yes. On the show the, we From do? the comic? No, just from the comic. From, from, from the, the comic, comic. yeah. Okay. And this is a continuation. So and then, he, and then why all is he... comic information is fair in the show? Yes. Yeah. We remi- oh, that's re- awesome. Remind me why he kills her again. Uh, because the war's ended and he promised her, I'll take you back to America with me when the war's over. So she comes to call on that. And, and she's he, like, hey, I'm pregnant, yeah, right? Yeah, and I'm pregnant. And, and he's a psycho. He's a psycho, racist fuck, and he murders her because he doesn't want a Vietnamese baby and a Vietnamese wife he has to take back to America. Yeah. Let me ask okay. you. So, so this, it's like a in-cold-blood murder. Yes. Yeah. Did the Watchmen movie do a good job with the comedian as yes. a character? Yes. Okay, because that felt like they hit the nail on the head. Very like, much. Jeffrey D. Morgan was great. The yeah, the way he acts, the way he good. murders her in cold blood, and mm-hmm. we see that scene in Vietnam, the yeah. way he commits the sexual assault yeah. on uh, Blake... It, yeah, he's a he's a sick fuck. It's like he is the guy who sets the tone in the movie for mm-hmm. okay. So the superheroes aren't all good, right? You know what I mean? He they, could, they open on him. He's the movie yeah. starts with. Well, I can't spoil the fucking movie. Yeah, go watch the but movie he, if you feel he, like it. He would definitely be a um, a good leader of the Seventh Cavalry. Oh god! And I don't know if we need that character back. I know they brought him back in the DC universe with the the new Watchmen comics. Okay. They, reanimated him and i was like oh great this guy again because i i just don't like the character it's such a just such a negative portrayal of a disgusting person you know he hates every yeah he's just sort of a gigantic hater just to uh to to segue from movie talk we had that famous scene with uh in the movie that i feel like everybody knows it's the rorschach prison scene oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. where he says you know i'm not locked up in here with you you're locked up you're locked up in here with me yeah uh well our uh our our representation on the show of rorschach looking glass he apparently said the same thing to some members of uh the seventh cavalry oh god yeah yeah he went he went to work on them dudes yeah we, last time we seen him was three episodes ago and the van's emptying and we're like, well, he's probably going to die. So a cop finally goes to check on him and the house is filled with dead cavalry members. Yeah, he, he, he uh, those guys got got. And one of like them is missing his mask, mm-hmm. which uh, is pretty clearly an indicator that he's going to infiltrate this whole fucking thing. Yes. Now, what, okay, so just to 7th Cavalry, uh, is there mention of Cyclops? Yeah, so uh, what, what this episode essentially frames out for us, and Mike can correct me here if, if I get any of this wrong, but the 7th Cavalry is essentially, essentially the modern-day reincarnation of Cyclops. Okay, so Cyclops had the same concept or what? Yeah, Cyclops was basically a, a white supremacy group in the uh, 60s in New York City who was using that mesmerism technique in movie theaters to make black people riot against each other. Okay. Yeah. And the, uh Keen basically confirmed that yeah, we're the continuation of that. Right. Yeah, the, now the their, you know, their whole their rationale is different uh in in 2019 here and and essentially I think what they're the gist that I get is because they're the ones that know about Ozymandias being the one to like unleash the the alien squid mm-hmm. right? they I know mean, the truth there they know the truth there which means that they also they also know the truth that ozymandias was essentially behind putting redford in the in the white house for 30 plus years right which led to like the redfordations and like all of this civil rights activism essentially and and is kind of like used as the as the impetus for why 
in this particular reality, why, you know, as Keen said, it's, quote, it's difficult to be a white guy in America right now. Right. So that's what they, so they are, they're using that information as like. Their ammunition. Yeah. For why they much. do what they do. Yeah. Yes. They're like, we're supposed to be obviously on top and there are and these this guy, unnatural things that happen yeah. to where um, minorities are maybe getting a foothold in this world a little better than they had before. And it's not supposed to be that way. They so got to set it right. So we got to set it right. Yeah. So that's pretty much what white supremacy is. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see because Senator Keene, the whole setup with the 7th Cavalry, the fact that they have existed all of this time is very questionable. It just, it's, it's just strange to, because it's like with, with the, like, I need to know more about what Dr. Manhattan did between, I guess, the comics and now. Yeah, we're getting some of him in next episode, it looks like. Yeah. 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 Because there's got to be reasons for like, well, why wouldn't you just wipe this group out? Like how they've been around this fucking long. It makes me feel like in the end they're going to be tied together. Yeah, I mean, one. so one of the things. Why doesn't Lady True seem to be concerned about these motherfuckers? Well, she is concerned she about is. them. She is, yeah. Okay. That's what she says. That's okay. what she she tells Angela that this is what she wants to stop. Like this the Seventh is, Cavalry specifically. Yes. Basically creating their own Dr. Manhattan and destroying the current one. Right. But but uh but from the novel and what we what they kind of show us over the course of the series so far is that Dr. Manhattan bounced because he was a human and then he became a god and then he helped out with some human issues and then he was like I don't really care about the humans anymore because yeah. I'm a god. Yeah. He's just incredibly dispassionate towards S completely disconnected anything from living. humanity. Yeah. So, it, you know, if you just kind of like time and space or whatever. Right. Yeah. So if you just use that kernel, he just doesn't, you know, it, it he doesn't care. He doesn't care. And and it, if you just want to extrapolate that like all the way to to the top and all the way to real life, it's similar to the question that you know, we ask here in our reality is like well, if there's a God, why does he let so many awful things happen yeah, all exactly. across the world? Every exactly. Day? So I thought the, the the parallel tying it to the little Dr. Manhattan prayer booths mm -hmm. and then Lady True's uh, <laughs> line about like he's ignored he's all of them. He's yeah. not listening was all incredible. And it was just like so they, they, they have found ways to talk about so much in this show. Um, Absolutely. Which is what Lindelof does. That's sort of his M.O. is that he attacks like every aspect of life with his mm -hmm. stories lost did the same thing and so did the leftovers it made you think about religion death fucking every every possible thing you could question he wants you to draw into question it, you you can you can read so much in, like, similarly to what you're saying you, i also got a big dose of that when angelo was seeing that that old lady true speech mm -hmm. about like holding on to your trauma and everything like that because what Lady True is kind of saying right there is is that in so many words, she's saying that your past experiences and your trauma shouldn't make you who you are, kind of, in a way. A little. A little bit. Maybe. And so th there, there's also some, I, I feel like you could tie that in to the, to the bigger questions that the show is asking about race as uh -huh. well, which is like, you know, should we continue to hold on to like what this country did with slavery, should that be a factor in like- How we move forward. Yeah, in current discussion, or should we just 
forget it and move on and stop letting it like hamper progress. Right. And there, there's so there's yeah. certainly like a, a tie there as well. That, I that's think. a really good point. I think if you you watch Lost mm-hmm. and you watch The Leftovers, Lindelof is very concerned with the idea of overcoming trauma and using it as fuel for good, not erasing trauma. And I think um, what is good in his mind is using trauma for a good outcome and overcoming the bad part of it, which is what we try to do in life, in reality, that we live in to live a good life. We're all fucked up somehow, some of us more than others. And if you can get over it, that's a success. Right. Uh, If you could take a pill and forget everything, that wouldn't be you. We would all end up dispassionate beings like Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, that's why yeah. I wonder about this Lady True yeah. strategy. Yeah, I think she has like, the wrong idea. If she's aimed, okay, but if it's, because we, I, you get the impression that this, this, this clock she's built is going to affect everyone, mm-hmm. not like a group of people that she's aiming it at. <laughs> and that's where the issue is. It's right. like, whoa, dude, no, you're like wiping the slate clean on all these people. This is wrong. This doesn't make sense. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a real clusterfuck at this point. Is there anything we missed that developed this episode? That Man, was... I think we covered pretty much everything there. I feel like we did a better job of making sure we touched all the pieces this week. But there were so many good pieces yeah. to touch. Yeah. Just have to touch them all, Barry. Let's hold them. Let's hold them. Just Let's hold on to them. Getting touchy-feely. Uh, anyway, season seven, or season one, episode seven. Another banger. It's got the Twitter machine talking, Barrett. <laughs> the hype machine, the hype is building. And I'm excited. Streets is talking. Yeah. Yeah, people are throwing out the word, like I said, throwing out the word great, starting to want to make comparisons to other HBO great shows, and I'm like, we're seven episodes deep. Chill. We got two more in season one. I am fascinated to see how much they will decide to wrap up, if any at all. Yeah, going to be good. Versus gonna be a good the one. setup or, or whatever, yeah. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Quip. The holiday shopping season is here, and this year your gift can start next year's good habit with Quip. Quip is something that's sure to put a smile on everyone's mouth because it's dental care they'll actually want to use every day. The best toothbrush in the entire world. I love my Quip. I use it every morning and night, sometimes after lunch as well. Depends what I've had and if I'm home. Uh, But even if I wasn't, it has an incredible travel case with it. Uh, Quip is the perfect, thoughtful, and practical gift with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and toothpaste, all intentionally designed to make good habits simple. All of their products are going to improve your oral health like nothing you've ever had before. The Quip electric toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations and a timer that uh, buzzes every 30 seconds, like vibrates every 30 seconds to guide your routine to make sure you get a full and even clean. The Quip floss dispenser has pre-marked strings, so you always use the exact right amount. If you're a flosser, you know how much of a pain in the ass, ending up with, like, out of frustration, who has not just ripped, like, three, four feet out of that thing before? I've been there. It happens. No more. Not with Quip floss. Plus, Quip delivers brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months, so you can make sure your brush heads never worn out, you never run out of floss, you never run out of toothpaste, you're always all set to make sure that your mouth is all clean. Join over 3 million happy customers and check everyone off your gift list right now with Quip. You just go to getquip.com slash dragon to save on gift sets and to get your first refill free with a refill plan. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash dragon. Getquip.com slash dragon. Let's talk about the Mandalorian. Mando. Mando, 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 Mando. Thank you. Episode four. Uh, this will take much less complicated discussion than... <laughs> yeah, there's... there's than, the, uh, than the former. 
Then it's preset precedent procedure Pre- predecessor predecessor. <laughs> Woo! Did it? Pulled through there, man. Really got stuck in the mud. Um, no, it was a fun episode. It was just sort of like, uh, all right, here's the here's the whole episode in a nutshell. The Mandalorian meets a badass female assassin chick, right? And then uh, and there's a and there's a village of people that they're gonna go hide out. He's gonna he needs to find somewhere to hide with Baby Yoda, right? Because he's completely forgotten that every single assassin has a fob for some reason. We all didn't forget, but for some reason the Mandalorian d- did not that didn't click in his head. He's busy. He's got a lot of shit going. We on. We don't know how these fobs work yet. I don't, I don't get it. You just hold it, Mike. I'll tell you about the fobs as soon as Ross finishes up. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, so there's a village. And uh, they're going to hide there, but then it turns out, oh, wait, no, there's actually some weird, like, Empire-style action in the woods outside this village, uh, but they have an ATTA, ATAT, ATAT, whatever, and, uh, and it's being controlled TNA? by an army of, it's the orcs from Lord of the Rings, but if they had dog faces. Dog faces. Very yeah. clearly dog faces. But... Very clearly, the orcs from Lord of the Rings. Whoever did those orcs <laughs> did these dog-faced <laughs> monsters that are controlling the ATST, and so they're like, oh, fuck, fuck, we can't... These people need help, and then and at first Mando and the lady are like, "Nah, screw these people, we're out." And the people convince them to help, and and they help, and they and they overcome the ATST, and they kill all the dog-faced warriors except for the, you know a couple dozen that bail. That's it. But now they got to go find somewhere else to live because now they, this right. didn't work out. Yeah. So okay, first the fobs. I was wondering this as well because it's Bob. like. If it's 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 clearly not a tracker on Baby Yoda, or else they would just remove the tracker and crunch it and be done with the whole thing. It's also it also would make no sense for Mandalorian to think that they could hide anywhere if it was just constantly beeping for Baby Yoda's exact whereabouts. So what I've what I what I have concluded based on uh, once again reading. Uh, about about this is that it's a <laughs> it's a biorhythmic fob that's what it tracks oh, come on yeah 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 it, so it's it if you set out one of these fob things and you have somebody's exact signature biorhythm uh, it's like your social but yeah then you can put them on this tracker and then once you are in their vicinity is when it starts working that makes sense okay so and because it's all about direction so, it's just the faster beep you yeah, run that way yes so That's because because he got to <laughs> Sigorin or whatever that planet was called and like gets there and immediately starts he makes a scene at the bar and then they're hanging out and they're 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 messing around with the dog faces yeah. and all that. Yeah. There there's chatter going on, you know, through the through the Ethernet. Through, yeah. Webs. Through the vine, fob. through the grapevine, baby. Fob line. And so some some fob holder, he gets he gets a whiff of this. Some fucking fob holder out there. <laughs> And he gets his ass down there. But yeah, uh, yes. Yo, the, that guy. The, the fobs are weird. They don't totally make sense. That is, that's the best explanation that I, uh, I, that like I got it. there. That's really good. And was uh, nice. also, dog faces, those things are called Clatuinians. Oh, yeah, they're almost... in uh, Return of the Jedi. Are they really? Yeah, they're like hanging out in Jabba's barge. Or no, one, okay, one or two of them. That makes is... me feel less. Yeah weird about their existence because i was yeah. like okay well we got it what do we got here like these look like orcs and then we saw one close up and i was like that is an english bulldog did the, you think <laughs> star wars aliens are the weirdest did aliens. you think yes, that uh did you think that mando was going to uh to unsheath and bone down here <laughs> listen we all knew mando wasn't gonna unsheath and bone down as barrett puts it uh, i had hope for maybe like the scruff of a neck line perhaps uh-huh. but not even a shred of skin i, no. I like that story but I'm, i was kind of like Gina Carano's right there, bro. 
Yeah. Right there. Dude, you are. But they, they, his, the female assassin asked the question. She's like, you're yeah. telling me you can take off that stupid fucking helmet and live with this babe here mm-hmm, and make mm-hmm. babies and then live? And he's like, I know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Got to yeah. make four more episodes of this goddamn show. I like show. her character a lot. Yeah, she was good. Uh, what else? Yeah, uh, I, I think we just need to we need to talk about the baby Yoda in the room. Um, too much. This too much? thing has has just absolutely one hundred percent completely taken over the inter- the whole internet. And it's one of those things it, where ninety percent of the people using the memes aren't even watching the show. No, baby Yoda is just he's he's like seventy five percent of all memes right now. Yeah, it's just him holding a cup of fucking coffee. The, the cup of it's bone broth. Uh, watching them fight, and it's the best one. The him holding the bone broth with his little robe on is pretty. That's what, great. Yes. Yeah. The meme is that you can just put you doing anything. <laughs> That's the meme. What? It's. it's I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I'm with yeah. it. All right. I just. Yeah. Well, let's not. Let's not murder Baby Yoda for ourselves. Is that? Is that? Can we? Can we just pump the brakes on this? So I just. But here's my larger question because we've we've talked so much on this show about just like the whole the whole rollout of this show in general. Yeah. And about how they didn't have it, merch. It, the merch ready to go. The fact and that all I'm not that. wearing a Baby Yoda T-shirt is insane. Wait, did you know that this uh this this episode directed by Bryce Dallas Howard? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is that? That is the daughter of Ron Howard. She is the oh sure. Jurassic she's World. the female lead. Uh, a, of the opposite. new Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Big fan. Yeah, she's great. Big fan. Anyway, big fan. she had to uh, she had to remind her kids every day to not to, that they couldn't talk about Baby oh, wow. Yoda. Yeah, like Damn. until this until the episode started coming out. That's a cute quote. Yeah. Bet you a thousand dollars, them kids didn't know shit. <laughs> she fucking made that one up for the marketing squad. Some PR genius came up so with that cynical. line. So cynical. But my question is like, I've just been here too long. You dude. know, we're, we're, we ask, we like to talk about what Disney knew, how they made this perfect cute child thing that's just. The perfect cute thing ever. Do do you did they know? Did they know that this thing was like so fucking memeable? I they, guarantee they, they you had to have known, right? So you're asking like, did they take Baby Yoda into focus groups and say like, what do you think about this little Yoda here? Like, like, How's he like, you feel? I, they probably got like fuck Jerry or some ostracized meme lord out there who's mm-hmm. just you know an OG meme lord who's, who's sure. no longer the hot shit anymore. Hopefully not fuck Jerry and like, his bullshit meme. You know, company. like they couldn't get they they could get they can't get grape juice boys right now, but they could get fuck Jerry. Nobody likes him. Yeah, he's on the outs. So they uh, as so a result they, of Firefest, they brought him in and they were like, "Yo, this guy memeable." Is he memeable or what? We're going to put you in a room with Baby Yoda. We want 400 memes. Okay, 400 memes by the end of this hour. If we get 400 memes out of Fuck Jerry over here, we know we've got the right Baby Yoda model. Because we know we know they went with different Baby Yodas, dude. John Favreau was like, here's the OG sketch I drew. And it's like slightly longer ears or some shit. Uh, people yeah, freak yeah. the fuck out about that thing. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm, I'm saying like, can we not murder Baby Yoda? But we are. I'm actively contributing to it. Like... Well, I think we've had two videos made by interns now. We did the we did the goddamn button pressing meme with uh-huh. the, he start he presses the button and starts playing oh, oysters, clams, and cockles. Yeah. I mean, we're there. Yeah. We're doing it's it. It's okay. Too. It's okay. I'm I'm again, like let's just live in the moment. Sure. And let's 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 just have fun with the baby Yoda memes. It's okay. Instagram and the internet will collectively move on. Can to I give a take? Else. I believe this is is working out though. And it's not ruining the show or the character, like, because I'm, I, I'm saying it, like, let's not murder, baby. Mm-hmm. But it has had none of the vibes of like this is ruining. It has had all of the vibes of like this is fucking. Because here's the thing: the character doesn't talk. He's not a pivotal 
like voiced character in the show, so it somehow doesn't ruin it when you're seeing images of him everywhere on the internet. Yeah, and also I think that what this episode specifically kind of like told us is that this is just kind of a a a, a kind of a hokey old style western series. Yeah, yeah. Like they probably like just going to be bouncing around from planet to planet and Doing galaxy to galaxy and like having little adventures. adventures. They're adventures. And so it's pretty it's pretty light. Yeah. And so the fact that there's like a jillion memes out there is not it's not like subverting what something serious, that's supposed to be prestigious. Yeah, the seriosity of it all. Right. Is that right. a word? Gra- uh, gravity maybe mm. is is a better choice. Seriosity. Seriosity. I like seriosity. Works too. That's yeah. one that should be there if it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying. It fucking makes sense to me. Uh, speaking of just like letting people live their lives, let my man Lil Baby Yoda eat the frogs, okay? That's yeah, what's his, up with these people? That's, that's his choice. Do not food shame him. because He needs he, sustenance. He needs sustenance. That is exactly what Laura was, said. He so needs sustenance. Fucking, he's like, he spits it out. He's like, I'm fucking starving, but whatever. At least the kids yeah, won't be grossed got, out. Yeah, but you know. But the kids, they don't want they don't want to see him eat the frog. Sorry, man. That's yeah. what LBY likes. And then the he lady likes, says something like... He likes himself like, some... He likes himself some froggy. They're talking about like, oh yeah, he fits in so well here. And I'm like, yeah? Uh, the other kids are shaming him out of his fucking lunch. He fits in so well. Get off this planet. We're out. There's an ATST in the woods anyway. And they're Fuck all it. laughing and pointing at him the whole time. He Seriously, dude, what the shit? Nobody wants to be... That's like that's like a thing people struggle with eating in front of other people. And the kid's trying to get a meal off and they're out here fucking amphibian shaming him. It's wrong. I think you guys are right. Like, even though... Like, this was the episode where we got the most Baby Yoda. Like, it was just so so much and i was like are we is this too much but when he was when the assassin was going to shoot him you know he's not going to shoot yeah. him. right you know that's not going to happen that, that was, was but speaking too. of seriosity though that but, was that oh my god baby yoda's head in the crosshairs you yes kidding me? no i freaked out that's not <laughs> i cool, yelled man. i was just yelling at the tv until uh gina carano smoked his ass I was yeah like, no 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 dude dude that was that was not cool. Yeah. But also hilarious that the first guy that showed up with his fob was like, he's in the woods and he's like, all right, cool outfit, by the way. All right, I've got my shot here. And he's like, I'll just, well, I'll just take a second to look around. <laughs> Might as well make sure. Well, let's up to, and he's fucking gone. It's like every Star Wars and James Bond villain yeah, ever. I, the first guy that shows up with a fob always goes down the hardest. For the camera, I'll look at Mando for a while. Yeah, he's like, okay. Oh, Mando, but I don't okay. really want to shoot him. Baby Yoda. Yeah. Up and then you knew he was gonna. God, the, the the baby Yoda pushing the buttons in the ship. That was like the meme with the music coming on. So it, good. It's just so good. Yo, whoever did that first one with Get Low with yeah yeah, Chef's Kiss. It yeah. was that was fucking perfect. That was the perfect song. It was somebody our age, Barrett. No right. fucking Gen Z kid. No, absolutely not. Thrown Get Low on no, there. That's a, been, that's a millennial choice all the way. It would have been Lil Uzi Vert. Right, dancing. Yeah, wouldn't have been able to hear anything. <laughs> what of my ilk needs to do one with like smells like teen spirit <laughs> yes dude there's yeah it's gonna be a while before those go away and i'm okay with that yeah i'm okay with that especially considering like it just feels fun like this show is just for fun it is it's we don't all have show. to fucking sit there and cry and freak out the whole time and mm-hmm. like sure it's, a, was... it's xena warrior princess but like bigger budget basically yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just like yeah. fun adventure time every week and hopefully at the end of the season at the end of the season uh, at some point, we'll have seen this man's face. Well, I don't the, think it's gonna the, happen though. The, so, just we'll do we'll do uh we'll, we'll what should we call this segment uh, every week? It's just like helm check, helmet check. One to ten on helm. Uh, what do we just think the odds are his helmet yeah. comes off? Last week, I was very low on the fact that we'd ever see his face. Okay. This time, he lets Hot Widow like start lifting it, and they haven't even known each other more and, than like twenty four hours. And he does take it off. So and and, and the 
the, yeah, to, to the tent to get is his like grub open. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. somebody could have just peeked in there, like, so, oh, that's so, your face. So yeah, my so. my, my true. I wasn't that careful about my that. helm check is way is way higher again. Like oh. now, I think we will see his face. Yeah, but here's the problem: if it's if the helm comes off, and it's just a stupid loophole where all that he needed to do now is get like some fucking Mandalorian judge to be like, it's you're okay. good extenuating circumstances or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. which i think is the route that's probably because you take it off you're no longer a mandalorian you can never put it back on mm-hmm. right that's clearly not going to be the case because the fucking show is titled the mandalorian that's fair i just think it would be strange for them to go another route also like it's the most it may have started as something we made fun of and as like a, as maybe a detriment to the success of the show in your eyes in particular with mm-hmm, not being mm-hmm. able to see pedro pascal's shining face mm-hmm. but i believe it has become sort of like a it's sort of like a branding thing, dude. The, the helmet is cool as shit, and it's very recognizable. And he's got the whole armor get up now, and he's out here at least thinking about slanging it. We're getting somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I just think that the tease, the tease of the helmet coming off here in episode four, also points to the fact that the helmet's going to come off at some point. They probably wouldn't screw with us four episodes in when they've got six more. You yeah. know, they give us a little. Greg Sprinkle of almost helmet coming off, right, and now it's like right. You know, no, I'm not saying it's going to happen next episode. No, I don't just think so. It's in play. I'm betting we don't mess with the helmet next episode. It'd be right, kind of yeah, weird if we right, keep bringing right, exactly, it up every exactly. episode. Is it going to take the helmet off this week? It's only like 30 minutes, you know. Speaking of the helmet and the the, <gasps> the gear in general, uh, we should just note, Clan Fam, correction that Boba Fett, Boba Fett and, and Jango Fett, Jango Jango Fett, not Mandalorians. not Mandalorians. Yes, according to cartoons. So this, who cares? This was like established. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's all That's canon, fair. Mike. It's all canon. That's fair. I was thinking about the movies. But it's all canon. Whatever. We need to make that a shirt. That needs to be an OCC shirt. It's all Here's canon. $5, Mark. Go, Mike, go see a Star Wars. Go see a Star Wars. <laughs> this episode of OCC is also brought to you by Figs. While you're shopping for the holidays, don't forget about thanking all the amazing nurses, doctors, dentists, and people who work in medicine and healthcare that helped you through the year 2019. We all know someone helped by one of these amazing humans, a friend, a family member, if it's not ourselves. We got a friend, a family member, a coworker, somebody. What these amazing people do every day is more than a job, and what they wear is more than a uniform. Figs, one of our new sponsors this year, for all medical professionals and non-medical professionals in your life, they make the greatest scrubs in the entire world. They've got gift cards available, by the way, so next time your doctor, nurse, dentist, dermatologist, or pediatrician saves the day, tell them thank you by sending them figs. Obviously, Christmas is coming. The holiday season is here. All manner of gift-giving occasions are on the horizon. Figs creates the highest quality medical apparel so that medical professionals look their best, feel their best, and perform at their best every day. They recognize that this industry of medical apparel had garbage, garbage options, uncomfortable, not stylish, and they changed up that whole game. Every set of figs is antimicrobial, excuse me, protects from germs and bacteria, ridiculously soft, moisture wicking, features four-way stretch made with yoga waistbands, come in a variety of styles from classic straight legs to joggers. I've got a couple pairs of the joggers and skinny styles as well. And Figs gives back and you can too. Every time you shop at Figs, they give scrubs to a healthcare provider in need around the world through their Threads for Threads initiative to date. Figs has donated hundreds of thousands of sets in over 35 countries. Show how much you care at the end of the year with Figs. This holiday season, Figs is going to make that easy by providing you with 15% off your first purchase when you use the code DRAGON. Get ready to love your scrubs. Head to wearfigs.com. That's W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com. And enter our code DRAGON at checkout. That's it. Wearfigs.com. Enter our code DRAGON. 15% off. If you don't want them, 
Get them for the medical professional in your life. You've got one. Somebody needs these incredible scrubs. Somebody you know. And you can get 15% off when you use the code DRAGON. Just go to wearfigs.com. Let's talk about um, his dark materials. Episodes three and four quickly. Okay. I feel like we have finally come to a place where I have four. Okay, I didn't feel this way after three. When I finished four, I have a bit of excitement in my heart. Like just a tiny bit. I'm not like stoked on the show. I want to be clear about that. I'm not. And if you are, that's okay. We don't have to like all the same things. But this one hasn't been my favorite yet. It's been a very, very slow build. And I finally felt just a semblance of a spark in episode four. Now I feel like enough drama has happened to where I'm somewhat invested in some of these characters. Yeah, finally. I, I, I'll, I would say that, that episode three for me was the one that drew you in a little. Was the one that made me feel like okay, I, I will at least finish out this season right. to see what happens. For sure, yeah. Like, it, it piqued my interest story-wise mm -hmm. enough to, like, to basically to get me through... All in, the, all on the, board. ...the back half of the season. But this show, it, it's it's not a story problem. This show's just not good. Like, this, this show is is... is has not been well executed. Mm. And I think it's going to take me a few more episodes to really button down why. And I have not read the books, so this is currently just a working theory rather than, like, I can say this for sure. But, but I think that this show is probably trying to stick too closely to the books as far as, like, how the characters talk to one another and some of the dialect that they use and... Just like the, the the way that they talk about things in general. Do you get that impression based on the Damon Demon thing? No, I, I, that's actually one of the only things I feel like they've done okay. The demon, how the fuck the, do you say it? The just, demon. It's just demon. Demon. Yeah, I don't like confusing letters or combination of A's and E's. But but one one of the scenes that you texted me about was just like was like big cringe. Oh, which one? And that was uh, John Fa. Trying to rouse his Egyptian troops Dude. down in the hole of the ship. Why they? But why they got to do Sandor Salaman or whatever his name is like that? Why they got to make him give that terrible speech? And it, it it just like it just rang hollow. Like it was not wasn't good, man. Well, that's like, that's what my complaint has been about this show. Salador San, sorry uh, for all my. It's not the same actor, is it? Plant him out there who freaking out. Is it not? I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, it's Salador San. Is it not? Is it not? Mm. Come on! I just—it it looks it just be. like him, yeah, and it's be. HBO. It I was like, be. it's got to be Salvador okay. Son. Okay. Uh, hope it is. Otherwise, whatever. Maybe I'm a racist. Um, <laughs> I'm in the Seventh Cavalry, Barrett. But uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, you're right. I think this is the same actor. Oh, thank fucking god. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, there was no. My complaint was that there was no weight to any of the things that were happening. So like, some crazy shit would happen, and there'd be like dramatic music in the background, and I'd just kind of be like, I don't. I don't care enough yet. Like, I don't care enough about Lyra. I don't give a shit about her missing friends. Stop yelling out their names every two seconds. What the hell? And then finally- Yeah, now like, that I mentioned that, now you, can't stop, now you can't stop seeing it, huh? Yeah, it's a problem. You're hearing it. <laughs> yes, it's a problem. Now that you've started say, doing it- And they say, and again, they Roger, say everybody's name. Lyra. Like, they say, like, she says Fardor, whatever his face na name is all the time. When yeah. She, like, when, and that's, that's what I mean about- I feel like this is probably from the books. Like I feel like when the dialogue in the books probably they said they say each other's names a lot. Maybe. Like how many times have I heard the name 
John Fa. Roger. Roger. Lyra. Lyra. Billy Costa. Tony Costa. Billy Costa. Like why is his? Why is Billy Costa? They say his first and last name. He's like a Charlie Brown type, I guess. Tony too, though. Yeah, the whole family uh, runs they, that way. The whole the whole Costa the whole Costa clique. That's how they roll. Yeah, I, but but I'm with you. Like I I I do not feel. Again, like what I'm interested in here is the overarching story mm-hmm. about like what's happening with the kids who are with the gobblers and the who's the good, dust who's and, bad, what the fuck is going that. on? Yes, but I but. I'm with you. I do not care about a single character on this show right now. Now, I don't feel that way as much after the fourth. I feel like I've started to care a little more about Lyra. I'm a little more invested in what happens to her, whereas I felt like I wasn't at all initially. Uh, Mrs. Coulter is her mother, Mm -hmm. and her dad is... Asriel. Asriel, who we haven't seen since episode one. Mm -hmm. He's been like kind of... A dick tease here in terms of I thought that actor was going to be they couldn't afford him on screen. Is that really what you think? I don't. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure they're following the story of the book. Yeah, he's badass though. But dude. the fact that he disappears is probably like, oh, that we could probably get a big name for this because he only needs to be in like two episodes. Son of a bitch, or whatever. Yeah, it's a good move. Um, but no, I, I I just I'm with you. I'm here for the season for sure, and I, I just have a little more hope that maybe they'll be able to build... I think, here's my... Like, for you, it's like maybe they're sticking too much to the books. For me, it's just maybe this is a very slow build. And I'll say this. I have read some other books in the fantastical genre Mm -hmm. that, you know, are Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings-esque, sort of epic fairy tale stories like this, right? That that's always the challenge, is can you tell the story in a way where momentum keeps people's attention. And in some of the cases of the books I've read, there was one that I tried to read this fucking book. Man, I wish I could remember the name of it off the top, but I can't. Um, I tried to read it for like four years, dude. It was the one that I, I took into the pool every summer for four <laughs> years. It kept getting wet. I kept reading the same four chapters in the front yeah. and then putting it down. And it was because it was building way the fuck too slowly. And with this story that they've got on His Dark Materials so far... Yo, it shouldn't take me to episode four to get Lin-Manuel, Herrera, whatever the fuck, on the screen. It shouldn't take me that long to to start to even figure out where they're going to go with this thing to try to to see what, what's happening with the kids and try, to get the squad assembled that's going to go do that. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't take four episodes where the whole time I'm like, I wish I cared more. I just feel like they could have gotten us to where we are through four episodes through two. Maybe. That's my complaint. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, and see again. I mean, th- th- maybe this is a, a, a good thing to point out is that this show is doing many things wrong. Then, because that's again, like my complaint about Lin Manuel Miranda is not that he took too long to get here. It's that oh my god, that character was awful. Yeah, what you in our text message exchange, you were like, it's what did you say? It was like that. I said that it's like they told him they wanted him to be like a fanciful, fanciful stage actor boy. Yes, but also he's like a cool dude, man. You smoke cigarettes. You you you're like a you're like a little flippy aeronaut. You like, like to get into trouble and you go do bar fights, but also you need to be a stage actor because you're Lin Manuel Miranda and you wrote Hamilton. So talk like this and maybe you know rustle up things a bit, but uh, but say things like. You wouldn't be judged. Couldn't be judged. Yeah. In weird sing-songy dialogue and like stuff that like doesn't sound like how the how people talk to each other. And he's just he's I don't know. Stands out like a sore thumb. That's the he I does. Mean, and he's on. supposed to be like this aeronaut character is obviously supposed to be like the swashbuckling cool guy. Yeah. 
I'm bringing some fun into the group. Yeah, and but I'm making it way too obvious. Right. That's the vibe of. I, but this, but Lin Manuel, I've got Miranda, a hat. like Johnny Depp, he is not. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, this is not. You can't look. Uh, have you? Have, by the way, have have you seen the remake, the most recent, the Emily Blunt remake of uh, Miss Mary Mary Poppins? Mm-mm. No. 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 I'm not gonna ruin that for myself. I know that Lin Manuel Miranda is in that. And yeah, I, I like Lin Manuel Lin. Man, name's hard to say. It is I'm, Lin multiple, Manuel Moreira. It's also really hard to say after I butcher it the first go through, yes, so that it's been yes. fucked in both of our heads. <laughs> so that's on me. I I sorry. I really like Lin Manuel Miranda, and Hamilton is just like an absolute incredible masterpiece. You, you saw it on Broadway, huh? Uh, in Chicago. So no, not not oh, on Broadway. Okay. Um, the broke boy version is that what that is? Basically, yeah. I would like to see any version at this um, point. The music is incredible. Like this guy is is clearly a, a genius, but I'm not sure that he belongs in stuff. I'm gonna say something. Yeah, I fucking hated him on Curb. I fucking hated him. I haven't seen that episode. It sucked. I don't like him on this either. I, I'm just not sure. Like, I, like I know that maybe I don't like him. I not I haven't e- seen not him. every and not everybody translates well from film to stage and from stage to film. And I just not sure that Lin Manuel Miranda like can get out of that that some of that stage actoriness. I want you to watch the episode where of you Curb. kind of have to o- be overly like animated. That, you're overly yeah, animated. You're overly animated. I need yeah. you to watch the episode of Curb because it's the exact same issue that I had with him now in this show that the, the one that you brought up this morning when we were texting. As I had then, I was like, why the fuck is he like? He stands out too much. Mm-hmm. He's a his vibe does not match the vibe of the other characters on the show. Exactly, which is why he's great when he's, like, doing silly shit on Jimmy Fallon. Right. And, like, making jokes and singing songs and doing dances and playing games. And then it's just, like, any the things on screen, I'm just, I I don't know, man. You're Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm not buying you in this piratey, aeronaut, bad boy character. Through the one episode of Aeronaut, on uh, on uh, his dark materials mm-hmm. and the one episode of Curb, I am almost all of the way out <laughs> on Lin Manuel Moreira. <laughs> we cannot. We're, not, we're never going to get this right again. Moreira as a, a Lin Manuel Moreira as a uh, as a screen actor. Billy Costa. Acceptance <laughs> of OCC is also brought to you by Stance. Oh, my God, Mike, I almost spilled my cup. It was so close. I almost had, like, four episodes in a row. Uh, do you remember when socks used to be one of the worst things you could get at Christmas? Like, our whole childhood, man. You get, like, a regular pair of white socks. It was hell. It was fruitcake and then socks. Socks, the worst. Then maybe, like, a gift certificate to a restaurant you didn't like or something. But times have changed because over the last few years, Stance has completely changed the reputation of socks. If you follow me on Instagram, you see me put up a photo of me wearing Stance socks literally every day of my life almost it's insane uh i have like 80 pairs of these damn socks they're phenomenal and actually when they first started to blow up a few years ago is when i first started caught sort of caught wind of stance i've been following them ever since and we are super super excited to have them on board as a sponsor pay no attention to the pretenders by the way the only brand you need to care about is the one that actually started it all this whole sock rebirth and that is stance if you're one of millions of people who have fallen in love with stance you already know why the sock world is obsessed with them your feet haven't been the same since their designs are incredible they're insanely comfortable their durability is unmatched in every single way they're a next level from whatever sock you've experienced in your life um James Harden socks are the ones that sort of drew me in. They do these incredible collaborations with not just athletes, but also TV shows and movies and such, like Pulp Fiction's Toy Story. 
uh, Kid Cudi, Star Wars, Rihanna, Marvel, Wu-Tang, Rick and Morty, Donovan Mitchell, Grateful Dead, Billie Eilish, Stranger Things, Step Brothers, Caddyshack. A lot of good movies in there, a lot of good athletes, a lot of good... They got all kinds of collaborations on Stance, and uh, they're, they're fucking awesome. I have a lot of them. I have I have too many pairs of Star Wars socks. Though. Now, I would note, if you are a relative of mine listening, I have all of the Stance Star Wars socks. They have put out some new ones uh that actually, you know what? No, bring them. Keep bringing me the Star Wars socks. I'll take the new ones out with the old. But uh, but yeah, I have a ton of the Star Wars socks. Brand, you, not you, only you need to you need to uh, use your your influence here and get us some uh, some Mando, 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 Mando uh, stance socks. You need to get us some Mando stance socks. Clam fam, you get a free Just pair of socks off. with your next order. All like you have butter. to do like butter is go to stance.com/dragon and use the code dragon that's stance.com/dragon. I cannot think of a better gift to give this holiday season than stance socks. Take the guesswork out of holiday shopping. Stance makes gifting easy and everyone will be happy. stance.com/dragon for all your holiday needs and free pair of socks with purchase. If you're like, "What the hell, man? I don't care." Then just listen. It's a free pair of what I'm telling you are the greatest socks in the world. The Butter Blend are phenomenally comfortable. Barrett they got mentioned. the office on here now. It's a, Did you wh- say the office? No! Yeah. That's that's exciting. Get yourself some Dwight Schrute socks. Add another one to the list. Beats, Bears, Battlestar Galactica. And Stance socks. We've discussed all those things today except Beats. <laughs> and we won't discuss Beats because we don't have any time, Barrett. We have to go. That'll do it for today's episode of OCC. Huge thanks to our sponsors again for supporting the show. Make sure you support our sponsors to support us. And if you're asking yourself, my God, this was such a good episode. Where can I get more of these two gentlemen talking about television and movies? There's only one place, patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles, where you can get more exclusive ad-free OCC. We do our one public episode here every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, and then we have an episode that we do on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Again, brought to you ad-free by you, the members of the Crustacean Nation and Mollusk Militia on Patreon. It's either 5 bucks for the Crustacean Nation, 10 bucks for the Mollusk Militia. You just make a pledge. You can pledge whatever you want, actually, but those are the uh, minimum requirements for those two tiers. And uh, you'll see what's provided in each tier, and we've got all kinds of exciting stuff coming in December. Movie Club, Knives Out. Barrett and I talked about everything else we're talking about at the top of the show. Go back and listen to that if you need a reminder. Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Follow us on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles. On Twitter at Clams and Cockles. We're on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. My name is Ross Bolin, and you can follow me at W-R-B-O-L-E-N, at W-R-B-O-L-E-N on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. You can also hear my voice on the Ross Bolin podcast twice a week, available wherever Oysters, Clams, and Cockles is available. It's a comedy, humor, mental health, addiction, substance abuse, animals, pirates, sports, music, and more podcast. Barrett, where can we follow you and hear more of your soothing voice? Yeah, man, uh, you can... <laughs> what did I do the uh, the other week where I said, check me out, and I did it in a weird voice? I can't even remember will the you voice. Just do the bear, will you do the bear voice again from the beginning for your sign-off? Sure, sure. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Graham, this is upsetting. My Instagram is a piece of my soul. When I Instagram, you watch. You will watch. You're good at bear <laughs> at things. The bear, if the bear was plugging his gram, I feel like that's what he would have said. Uh, at Barrett Dudley on the on the sosh, and uh, yeah, you know what's cool? A billion dollars, not a million dollars. Man, I botched that line. Here's a thing. What? Here's a thing. <laughs> what did you just do? Here's the thing. Here's Dwight Schrute. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow on my other podcast, Club Cool, where you, which you can find wherever you're listening to this one, we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about Secret Santa and white elephant gifts. I guarantee you, you got one of those coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So if you need some ideas, 
that's what we're going to be talking about uh, about that tomorrow. I forgot to tell y'all, we're going to do the Bowling Media White Elephant gift. It's just going to be the three of us. <laughs> oh. Next week, bring your White Elephant gift. Oh, I'm just okay. kidding. You don't. We're not. How would that even work? You need a lot of people. You, you need, need more than three. Yeah. Draw names out of a hat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. Thank you as always for your helpful commentary and uh, and, and our understanding of <coughs> Watchmen. Also, as I mentioned, Mike helps produce uh, here at Permanent Record. Who pods the Watchmen? Hosted by Grant and help me out. Uh, Grant and Clay, our buddy Clay. Clay. Yeah, I never remember Clay's name. I'm sorry, Clay. Who pods the Watchmen? Also available where uh, where I think wherever you're listening to OCC. Yep. I have no fucking clue, Mike. It's everywhere. There you go. Wherever you're listening to OCC. Uh, I hope everybody's recovered. From Thanksgiving weekend, I'm sure Monday was rough. Hopefully Tuesday was a little better. And Wednesday is great because you got your uh, your next helping of OCC. Mm. Yeah. Until next time. But both me brothers were soldiers. Billy Costa! Lyra! Adios, muchachos. White's head fell off. Thank you.